Welcome back to One Visit Away with your host, Kevin Fitzpatrick. This show focuses on true stories of philanthropy in order to understand what it takes to succeed in major gift fundraising. Listen to these stories and you'll realize you're just one visit away from a transformational experience for your benefactors and your organization. Welcome back to the One Visit Away podcast. Several years ago, I was speaking to a teammate at my organization who was working in a different department, and she was interested in getting started working in major gifts. And so I was talking to her about the topic. She kind of wanted to know more and, you know, just discuss it a little bit. And one of the things she told me was major gift fundraising just seems so mysterious. And that always stuck with me because I think it's a perfect uh, description of the major gift world is that it's so mysterious. And I think part of the reason it's mysterious is because few people have seen it done well, and there's not a ton of, uh, I think a lot of people don't know what it looks like uh, to be done successfully. And so a lot of people talk about it, and they don't even really know what it should look like. So one of my goals has always been, been to bring clarity around what success in major gifts looks like and give you a very clear, like step-by-step process, essentially, of how these things can unfold. And, you know, I'll, I'll give you another instance of why this is so necessary. A lot of people have been in the industry for years and even decades and just don't know what it means to do this well. So, like, I heard a story recently of someone who was at an event and heard a fundraiser describing how they wanted to bring people into the Uh, the facility for tours essentially bring donors there and someone asked like well if we if we set this up you know should we should we let the person know that they're going to get asked for money and the fundraiser said well no because we kind of want it to be a sneak attack and again i'd never want to uh you know speak poorly of of people because a lot of times it's just through it's just through no fault of their own but like that's that's a terrible approach like one of the worst things we can ever do is ambush or sneak attack a donor Um, it's like the ultimate way to destroy trust and so instead of just telling you what not to do i'm going to tell you what to do so i did a post recently on linkedin that went through kind of everything you need to know to get started in major gifts and i'm going to give you just a little bit Um, I'm going to give you that plus a little more and just get you on the right path. So the first thing that I didn't include in the LinkedIn post, but is important, uh, to those of you listening is if you want to raise money effectively, you've got to have a clearly defined vision and a cost associated with achieving it. If you don't have that makes things very difficult. If it's just, Hey, we're doing good stuff. We want to do some good stuff. How about you give us some money? It's not very compelling. It's not compelling to the donor and it's not compelling to you as the fundraiser to make you want to pick up the phone and go get visits scheduled with people. So you need to know this is what we're trying to do. This is how much it's going to cost to get there. And if you can just frame that in terms of basic, really simple things like last year we were able to serve 100 people in this way and that took us $500,000 to accomplish that. This year, we'd like to serve 120 people with this level of service, 
and we're projecting that's going to cost $750,000. So we need to raise that full amount, and that gives very clear uh, context around why you're asking that person for a certain amount. And it makes you very compelled to go ask them for it because you actually know what's at stake if you succeed or if you fail. So you got to get that clearly defined vision. Next thing, you've got to define your portfolio. This is the thing that people uh, spend a lot of time arguing about. I think there are so many variables in this that no one can say, you should have this many people in your portfolio. It's dependent upon you, what your capacity it is. It depends on what the needs of the organization are. It depends on where these donors are in the relationship with the organization. If you got a hundred people who are actively engaged and respond to your requests for visits, that's a very different thing than if you had 500 people, but none of them are currently giving. And I mean, if, if 5% of 500 people respond, um, that's only, what is that? That's 25 people. Like that's not going to take up all your time. Uh, where they are in the country. Um, are they all within a five-mile drive of you? Or are some of them spread out across the country? Or some even in different countries? All of these things determine how many people you should be in your portfolio. At some point, you just got to pick a number and go for it. Um, I really don't think it matters that much when you're getting started. Just pick a number and stick with it. It's going to evolve over time. But the thing that you don't want to do is not have a portfolio at all. When I was getting started in major gifts, like I had no idea what I was doing and I didn't have a clearly defined portfolio. So every day I would just be trying to guess uh, who should I reach out to today? And it just wasted so much time. Just pick a portfolio, start at the top, and then we're gonna start scheduling visits. Um, It's gonna evolve over time. Don't don't think you're making some life-changing decision that you can never get back. Define the portfolio move on. Next, start scheduling visits. This is something people worry about a lot. I used to be super, super anxious about it, but it became one of my favorite things. Uh, When you're scheduling visits with people that are in your database who have given before, but you don't know them, you need to be as direct as possible. When you reach out to someone and they don't know you and they don't know why you're calling, they don't trust you. And so saying things like, hey, Bob, it's uh, Kevin Fitzpatrick with Acme Nonprofit. How's it going? They don't want to tell you how it's going because they don't know what you want. All they're thinking to themselves is, what does he want? What does he want? What does he want? Until you tell them that their guard is up and it's just going to be a useless conversation. So go right to the point. This is the script you should use uh, for people who are in your database that you have not visited with before. Good morning, Bob. Kevin Fitzpatrick with Acme Nonprofit. The reason I'm reaching out to you today specifically is to schedule a visit regarding our organization. How does next Tuesday at 10 a.m. look for you? There's a lot of things in this that are important, uh, but just trust me, say it that way. Suggest one specific time. You're going to get way more responses. You are not, These are people you don't know, remember. So our goal is to get them to respond. Once they respond it's a lot easier to get future responses. So we're going for response. We're not going for, 
yes, that time works for me exactly. They might just say no, but then it's easy to suggest another time. So do that over phone, do that over text, do that over email. Text is becoming more and more popular. You're going to get a lot of visits scheduled that way and over email. Whoa, this is new. An ad in the middle of the One Visit Away podcast. Well, here it is, the first time ever. If you are finding this type of information helpful, you will definitely enjoy my online training program, Major Gift Millions, where I will teach you every single step of the process of how to succeed at major gifts. I'm doing a anniversary sale. It's the five years of running my business, One Visit Away. So if you go to onevisitaway.com slash millions and use the coupon code five years, the number five and then years, uh, you will get 35% off at checkout. Go check it out and make sure you get enrolled in the course that has nearly 400 major gift fundraising professionals from around the world in there now, and I hope to see you in there as well. Now back to the show. Now, the visit itself. This was a big mindset shift for me. When I first started, I thought raising money was the measure of success. If I raised money on this visit, it was successful. If I did not, it was a failure. This is a bad way to go about fundraising. Um, If you measure your success in that way, anything that happens that's not directly leading towards that is seen as a failure. And a much better approach is to have the goal to be to serve that particular donor well. And that can mean a lot of different things. That might mean just sitting with somebody, hearing about their relative that was just diagnosed with cancer. It might be hearing about a job loss they experienced. And in those circumstances, it's probably not the right time to ask for a gift. And serving them well might just be listening and being somebody that cares. In other times, serving them well might mean, hey, I found out this person really cares about our mission. They've got this personal connection. They make a ton of money. They're generous. It would be silly not to ask them for a gift. So on the visit itself, make your goal be to serve that person well. Now, once you're in there, what are some of the things you're going to do? The other mistake people make is they think it's about telling the donor all of these things. If we can just get our pitch right, we'll raise all these money, all this money. Completely wrong. The thing you want to focus on in the visit is asking good questions and listening. This is the ultimate superpower of major gift fundraisers. And if you can get good at this, you can pretty much do whatever you want. Because if you're just focused on the I tell people stuff and then they give us something, you're you're not getting to the root of the issue. If you can hear somebody's story of why this matters to them, then you're really getting to the point where you can talk about an incredibly meaningful gift to that person. So what do some of these questions look like? There's a lot of them, but some of the ones I like to use. So you're in the visit and when it's t- you're going to have the normal chit chat at the beginning, but when it's time to transition the conversation to your organization, you just ask them something like, you know, thanks so much for taking the time to visit with me. What is it that's caused you to give so generously to our organization over the years? Now you've transitioned the conversation to generosity, but they are, um, and they're also going to tell you some stuff about them and why they care and why they give other things. I like to ask, what are your top giving priorities? What's the most fun you've ever had giving away money? I just like to ask a lot of questions, see what they say. 
the more you know about them, the better you're going to be able to make an effective ask. So after they've told you all this stuff, I like to transition the conversation to my presentation, if you will, which isn't going to take up a lot of time. But I'll tell them, you know, thanks so much for sharing all that with me, Bob and Sue. If it's all right with you, I'd like to tell you a little bit about what's going on at the organization today. And they're going to say, of course. Then I'm just going to tell them, you know, the brief thing. Uh, This is what we got going on. This goes back to the vision. I'm going to share that with them. We served this many people last year. Our goal is to serve this many people. It's going to take this much money. I'd like you to consider a gift of $10,000 to Acme Nonprofit. It is at this point that you shut up. You do not say anything until the person responds. They're going to tell you something like, okay, yeah, we'll definitely think about it. Now, before you leave, the million-dollar question that you need to ask is, when would be a good time for me to follow up with you? Don't tell them, oh, I'll plan to follow up with you in two weeks if that's all right. If you say that, they're going to take the path of least resistance, and they're going to say, okay, yeah, that sounds great. You don't want to do that. You want to ask them, when would be a good time for me to follow up with you? Because I want them to look at their calendar and think about it because then they're going to tell me a date that they really think they can get an answer by. And then if they say, yeah, follow up uh, next Friday, well, now I've got very clear uh, direction on when to follow up with them, and I'm going to do that. Because if you don't do that, then you just get in this awkward situation of like, what happens next? Do I call them? How long do I wait? What if they put a check in the mail? Don't do any of that. Make sure you ask them before you leave the visit. When would be a good time for me to follow up with you? Now we are on to the last part after the visit. Write them a handwritten thank you note. Nobody does this anymore. If you do it, you will immediately separate yourself from pretty much everybody else. And then when it's time to follow up and you make that call and they answer, you might have some brief uh, pleasantries, but pretty quickly I get to the point and I just say, hey, Sue, Call in to see if you've had time to consider a gift to Acme Nonprofit. And then they're going to let you know. They're either going to say, yes, we decided we're going to do $5,000. Or they're going to say, no, haven't had time yet. In which case, and they might just say, give me another week. And if they don't, I'm just going to ask them again. Okay, no problem. When When would be a good time for me to follow up? And I'll see what they say. So that's it. That's the basic framework. It's pretty darn simple. If you like this type of thing, you need to get enrolled in my online training program, Major Gift Millions. It is 40 plus video lessons of everything I teach my clients on how to succeed at Major Gifts, but it is for many people. There's nearly 400 students enrolled in that program now. You can learn more at onevisitaway.com slash millions. I'll put a link down below, but I'm doing a sale to celebrate the five-year anniversary of my business, One Visit Away. Just use the coupon code five years at checkout to get 35% off. But wait, there's more. If you enroll during this month, you will also get access to the private webinar I recorded where I teach you everything about how I started my coaching business from how I find clients, how much I charge, how I close business, how I get new business, 
um, what I actually do with my coaching clients, all of that is in there. Go check it out. And the final thing, if you enroll in individual or team access, in addition to the 35% discount and in addition to the uh, access to that private webinar, I will also, I have the best refund policy in the game to my knowledge. If you want your money back within the first two weeks of enrolling, I will give it to you plus $250. So go get enrolled. I promise you this program is going to be worth it. Um, Go check it out, onevisitaway.com slash millions, and I look forward to seeing you in the course. But as always, I hope this episode has inspired you to schedule more visits. After all, you're just one visit away from growing your mission and your impact.